0: I walked life's way with an easy tread, had followed where comfort some pleasure led. But then one day in a quiet place, I met the master face to face. With station and rank and wealth for gold, much thought for the body but none for the soul, I fought to win in life's mad race. when I met the master face to face. I met him and knew him and blushed to see that eyes full of sorrow were turned towards me. And I faltered and I fell at his feet that day, and all my castles melted away. Melted and vanished, and in their place, I saw naught else but the Master's face, and I cried aloud, Oh, help me be meet to follow on the steps of thy wounded feet. Now my thoughts are for the souls of men. I lost my life to find it again, ere that day in a quiet place, when I met the Master face to face. Amen. I'm glad 54 years ago, yeah. Jesus did for me what no one else could do. My mom, my dad, uh, my grandparents, no one else could do it, only him. and He's the only hope we have. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm not Pastor Smith. Uh, I guess y'all can tell that, right? I'm taller than him, older too. And uh, But good place to be. I appreciate uh, him calling and asking me if I'd fill in for him while he was gone and... Uh, and it's good to be here, and uh, glad to have my daughter and son-in-law, Nancy and Tim Dunlap, there visiting with us. I ran into Brother Greg uh, yesterday at Kroger's, and we were talking, and uh, he asked me where I was going to church, and I said, "Well, I'm preaching at Capital City in the morning." Brother Smith's uh, on vacation, and he said I might see you, so he's here uh, visiting with us, and glad to have him and then his uh, brother-in-law, but. I can't remember his name. Chris, uh, they say there's three short signs when you're getting old. Number one, you forget things. I will not remember the other two, so, <laughs> so I guess I'm there. Uh, but we do appreciate the opportunity to be here. If you have your Bibles, turn with us over in the book of John chapter 19. St. John chapter 19. I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture. And uh, we're going to try not to be long this morning. I'm going to uh, hopefully be like Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband, I ain't going to keep you long. So, uh, St. John chapter 19, I ask you, those who can and will, could we stand to honor the reading of God's Word? Beginning at verse 1, said, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know I find no fault in him. And then came Jesus forth wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe. And Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priests therefore and the officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Take ye him and crucify him. Uh, and uh, let's drop down The verse 14. said, And it was a preparation of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, and he said unto the Jews, Behold your King. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word this morning, and thank You for what Jesus did for us, for the hope that we have because of the payment that He made. Lord, we just thank You for that. Uh, thank You, God, for Your Word and all, all the hope and help, comfort and consolation that Your Word gives us. Now, Lord, I ask You, use this somewhere, the vessel. Speak through these lips of clay the very words that need to be said. God, I ask You for that unction. How can mortal man preach about an infinite God unless you help us? And I pray that you will make yourself known in a way that will bring honor, praise, and glory to your name. And Lord, we'll bow our unworthy heads and give you all the glory, praise, and honor, for we ask it for Christ's sake, and for Him we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Am I turned on? Okay. Okay. Judas had betrayed Christ to the hand of the Sanhedrin. They'd had him arrested in the garden of a the night. They brought him back. Uh, they put him through a mock trial. And early that morning, they took him to Pilate uh, to, to have him put to death. And Pilate uh, uh, knew that Jesus was a political hot potato and he didn't want anything to do with him. So Pilate tells the Sanhedrin, y'all take him and you judge him according to your law. And they said, we can't do that because uh, we're not allowed under Roman law to put a man to death and so we brought him to you. And so when Pilate finds out, uh, that Jesus was from the region of Galilee, and that was uh, Herod's... Uh, he was uh, the governor of that region, and he was there in Jerusalem at the time. So Pilate sends him to Herod to kind of uh, get him off his hands. Uh, when they bring him to Herod, he's tickled to death. He'd heard things about Jesus, the miracles that he did, and so he was hoping that Jesus, you know, would maybe do some miracles and kind of uh, uh, entertain him, if you will. Uh, but uh, uh, the the Jewish leaders had made all kinds of accusations against him, and and Herod had asked Jesus questions, but the Bible said he answered not a word. Uh, fulfilling Isaiah 53 when the Bible said he was as a sheep before shears was dumb and opened not his mouth. And so uh, when Herod saw that he wasn't going to be entertained, he sent him back to Pilate. Uh, So Pilate, being a shrewd politician that he was, uh, he tried to come up with another compromise. So he offered them at that time of the year during the Passover celebration, uh, the Roman government would release a prisoner uh, out of jail uh, back to the the public. And so Pilate picked out one uh, that was very heinous a man guilty of murder and sedition named Barabbas. And so Pilate says, Okay, uh, it's customary that I release one to you. I'll give you the choice between Jesus and Barabbas. And I'm sure Pilate was sure uh, that they would choose to release Jesus and not this murderer. Uh, but instead, uh, uh, the leaders had uh, persuaded the people and they said, Release Barabbas and crucify Jesus. Now, Pilate again, uh, trying to come up with a compromise, he knew that the Jews, one of the accusations against Jesus was that he made himself uh, or claimed that he was king of the Jews. And so Pilate probably thought to himself, I'll humiliate this man in such a way that they'll realize this man cannot be a king and uh, he'll be so humiliated, they'll accept that, he'll scourge him and let him go. And so uh, Pilate turned him over to the soldiers. Uh, They put on him, they took his garments off, put on him a purple robe. They made a crown out of thorns and put it on his head. Uh, They put a reed in his hand and mockingly bowed before him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. One of them took the reed and smote him on the head and drove those thorns deep in his brow. And uh, uh, then one of them blindfolded him. Uh, Somebody uh, of the soldiers walked up to Jesus and said, Hey, they say you're a prophet and smacked his face and said, All right, prophesy who was it that did that? Another one come up and he smacked him and another one and another one and said, hey prophet, prophesy who did this. And so Pilate was sure after all this uh, humiliation they would be willing to let him go. But instead they still wasn't willing. And so Pilate thought to himself, no doubt, uh, okay, I'll beat this man uh, to where he'd be almost unrecognizable as a human I'll beat him so bad, uh, I'll have him scourged to the point that the crowd will cry out and say, that's enough. Nobody should suffer through what he's going through. But still again, it didn't work. And so the crowd said, away with him. Crucify him. Crucify him. And so Pilate then my friends, declared three statements, three tremendous truths. I want to share with you just for a little bit this morning. These three tremendous truths. First of all, Pilate came out to the crowd and said, I find no fault in him. Now, keep in mind, the one that made these declarations, uh, he was not a Baptist preacher. He was not a Sunday school teacher. Uh, He was not even a Christian. In fact, Pilate was not even a Jew. And if they, anybody, if there was anybody that ever had uh, motivation to find a fault uh, in Christ, it was Pilate. He probably had more reason to find than anybody that's ever lived, you see? And so Pilate, after uh, uh, examining him and talking with him and all like this, you see, If Pilate could find a a sin in him, or a fault in him, or a flaw in him, or a crime in him, why, Pilate could uh, uh, just go ahead and have him crucified and not think anything about it. I mean, uh, the Roman government had crucified many Jews and so one more wouldn't make any difference. Uh, Not only that, his wife had sent him a note that day saying, have nothing to do with this just man for I've suffered many things because of him in a dream today. And so if Pilate could find a, a sin or a flaw in Jesus, then he could tell his wife, well, he was not a perfect man. He was not a just man because uh, he was guilty of thus or thus or thus or thus. And so that's why I had him put to death. And so he would be uh, all free, if you will. And so Pilate had every reason in the world to find fault in him, but not once, not twice. But three times, Pilate came out to the crowd and said, I find no fault in him. You know what? Uh, my friends, the Bible verifies what Pilate said. Uh, for example, uh, the Bible says in Second Corinthians 5 and 21, For he, speaking about God the Father, hath made him, speaking about Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You see, the Bible said there was no sin in Him. Uh, Again, the Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 15, For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Hey folks, uh, we got a high priest that has no sin, or never has had. Uh, The Bible again says in Hebrews 7 and 25, uh, uh, wherefore, we may come, uh, uh, wherefore he is able also to save them uh, to the uttermost to come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest become us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, Oh, listen, friend. You see, uh, even though He uh, eat with sinners, He was not a sinner. He was sinless. He was perfect. Again, the Bible says in uh, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, uh, for, for you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You see, he had to be without blemish. He had to be without spot. If he had a sin, he couldn't die for mine. If he had a sin, he couldn't die for yours. He had to be sinless in order to pay that sin debt uh, for you and I. And so, you see, what Pilate uh, stated, my friends, the Bible backs it up and verifies it. He was sinless. There's no fault in him. Uh, You know, this... agnostic, modernistic, uh, uh, atheistic crowd today, they would love to find some fault in Jesus. I mean, they'd love to be able to find the, where he did something wrong, where he committed a sin, where he said something he shouldn't have said, or done something he shouldn't have done. I mean, if they could find a flaw or a fault in Jesus, why, they would uh, uh, publish it in their uh, uh, publications, you see. They would teach it in their liberal colleges. Uh, they would uh, 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 get on the TV, their TV programs and, and the radio shows, and they would, uh, my friends, uh, uh, they would uh, send it out all over and uh, they would uh, uh, come into our churches and they would bring their documents, they'd bring their proof and they'd say right here is proof that Jesus sinned, right here is proof that He was not perfect, right here is proof uh, that He could not be the uh, sinless Son of God and uh, you're going to have to quit preaching it, you're going to have to quit teaching it. And they'd bring it in and they'd throw it on our pulpits and they'd say, "Uh, there's Proof, but folks, they've not brought it in. Uh, They've not developed it. They've not showed it to us. Why? Because there's no proof that Jesus ever did wrong. He's sinless. He's perfect. And so, uh, first of all, the first thing Pilate said was that I find no fault in him. He's sinless. He's sinless. Isn't that wonderful? We have a Savior, my friends, that committed no sin. He's sinless. But then secondly, notice what else Pilate says to him There in verse 5, said, He come out and Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. Uh, Now, you see, Pilate was saying, here's a man. And it was true. Jesus was a man, but He was God. Uh, He was God, but He was a man, you see. Uh, Somebody said He was as much man as though He was not God. But as much God as though He was not man, and somebody might say this morning, uh, "Preacher, explain that to me." I can't do that; uh, it's beyond me. Uh, if He was, if God was so small, I could understand my little mind and explain Him to you. Uh, then He wouldn't be much of a God. Uh, but He, my friend, says, "Is so big, I can't explain it." But let me say this: It was not enough for Jesus to just come and die for our sin. He had to be our representative. He had to be one of us, you see, in order to die. And, uh, you know, God gives us a perfect example of that uh, uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, If a a family got destitute and had to sell their property in order to pay their bills, uh, then down the road somewhere, uh, then that property could be bought back for that family, you see. It was a law, uh, but... Two qualifications had to be met. Number one, the one that would buy it back had to be next of kin. He had to be close kin, you see. And then number two, he had to be able to afford to do it, you see. And so Jesus come, my friends, uh, to be our next of kin. And in order to do that, he had to be a man. You see, the Bible says in St. John 1, one, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And verse 14 says, And that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So you see, my friends, a God came in flesh. That's hard to understand. Uh, the Bible says and. In 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Hey, God came... What are you talking about preacher? God came in flesh? Yeah, He did, you see. He came as a man. He came as one of us, you see. And He become a man, my friend. Uh, the Bible says in Galatians 4, 4, i in the fullness of time. God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. And so, you see, friends, uh, God came in flesh, the Bible says again in Philippians 2 and 5, Gary's pretty good up there, I'll tell you. He did that up there right now. Uh, he can almost get them up there before I can even get started on him. you see. And I've not told him what the Scriptures are I going to use. I mean, he's quick-fingered up there. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, thank you, Brother Gary. But the Bible says in Philippians 2 and 5, "...let this mind be in you," which was also in Christ Jesus, "...who been in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, but took on him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And been found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross." So you see, the Bible says there, tells us that God came in flesh. And it says there uh, that uh, uh, it's not... You know, when you and I worship Christ, when we uh, 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 worship Him and we say He's God, we are not blaspheming because He is God. You see, He is God. And so Jesus... My friends, came as man, and, uh, but he was still God. Uh, you say, explain it. I can't do it. Uh, I can't explain it, but maybe I can illustrate it a little bit. If he was not man, who was it that Mary gave birth to and wrapped in a swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger? But if He was not God, then why did the angel appear to the shepherds and say, I Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all men. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then all the heavenly hosts joined in saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill to men. If he was not man, who was it that John the Baptist took out under the river Jordan and baptized him there in the water? But if he was not God, why did the heavens open? And the Spirit of God, like a dove, uh, came down and landed on him and remained on him, my friends. Uh, And the Bible said the voice of God out of heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. If he was not man, uh, who was that uh, that that woman pressed through the crowd and said, I've got to touch the hem of his garment. But if he was not God, then why did that issue of blood that she'd suffered for 12 years all of a sudden dry up when she touched his garment? If he was not man, uh, who was it that Peter wretched his hand up to and said, Save me, I perish. Uh, Then he reached and grabbed him by the hand. But if he was not God, how did he pull him up on top of the water? And they walked on the water, back to the boat on top of the water. If he was not man, who was it that said to that woman at the well, I'm thirsty, will you give me a drink? If He was not God, why did she run back to town and say, Hey, come and see a man that told me everything I did. Is this not the Christ? If He was not man, who was it got tired and took a coat and rolled it up and made a pillow and lay down on the back of the boat and went to sleep? If he was not God, who was it when they woke him up and said, Lord, don't you care that we perish? The ship's about to sink. And he said to the wind and the waves, peace be still. And there was a great calm. And the Bible said the disciples scratched their head and said, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? If he was not man, who was it stood outside the tomb of Lazarus and wept? Because his friend had died four days before. But if he was not God, who was it that said, Open the tomb! And he said, Lazarus, come forth! And he that was dead appeared at the mouth of the tomb, still wrapped in grave clothes. If he was not man, who was it they mocked when he was hanging on the cross and say, If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross." If he was not God, then uh, who said to that thief that repented and said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said, Today shall thou be with me in paradise. If he was not man, my friends, who was it? His tongue swelled and cleft to the roof of his mouth. And he cried, I thirst. But if he was not God. Why did midday become midnight? And my friends, God turned the light of the sun out as He uh, 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 punished the Savior for my sin. If He was not man, who was it, my friends, that looked towards heaven and said, Father, into Thy hands I commend my spirit and bowed His head and gave up the ghost. But if he was not God who got up three days later and alive, my friends, and he's still alive and he's ascended to heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. As someone said, he died to prove he was man. He was buried to prove he was dead. But he arose to prove he's God. And he's God, my friends, you see. And so Pilate said, I behold the man. And he was right. He was man, but he was also God. He was God, but He was also man. I I don't understand that, but I believe it, my friends, because the Bible teaches it. And so, uh, Pilate, first truth he said is, I find no fault in him. The second truth he shared there was, Behold the man. But then notice the third truth, if you will. Uh, Pilate said there, down in uh, uh, verse 14. said it was a preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour and he said unto the Jews, Behold your king. Now I kind of think that Pilate maybe tongue-in-cheek as the old saying is brought Jesus out and said here he is, here's your king. Now you see, uh, the Jewish leaders had forced Pilate into crucifying Christ when he didn't really want to. But now Pilate comes out and says, Behold your king. And the Jews said, Away with him! Crucify him! And Pilate said, Shall I crucify your king? And they responded, We have no king but Caesar. They must have hated to say that. They hated the Roman government. They hated being... You remember back in chapter 12, the book of John... Uh, Jesus when he was talking to the Pharisees they, the Pharisees said to Jesus when he, when he said it, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free the Jews said we've never been in bondage to no one but they were in bondage at that time uh, you see and so for Pilate to force them to say we have no king but Caesar uh, they probably really hated that but let me say something My friends, Jesus is either going to be our Savior now or our Judge at the great white throne. That's our choice. We can choose that, but He's always King. He's always King. Uh, Over, if you would, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15 and 16, the Bible says, which in His time He will show who is the blessed and only potentate the King of kings and Lord of lords. Verse 16 says, "...who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting." Amen. You see, my friend, he's always been king. Uh, uh, Oh, I know. He's not sitting on a throne here on the earth, but he's going to. Uh, he's sitting on a throne in heaven. He's the king. Uh, the angels and the heavenly hosts, they worship him. They obey him. Uh, they honor and glorify him. And, uh, uh, but now, he's never sat on David's throne, but he's going to. He's going to one day, you see. And he's, uh, he wasn't their king because they didn't accept him, but one day he's going to rule. Uh, The Bible says over in uh, uh, Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 8 and 9, "...wherefore God has highly exalted him, and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every tongue should confess of things in the heaven, of things in the earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father." Uh, they may not be willing, my friends, to confess Him now, but one day they're going to. The sad thing of it is, it's not going to do any good for them then. I'm glad that 54 years ago I did. I bowed before Him. Now now I didn't. You you don't have to be on your knees to be saved. You don't have to cry to be saved, Uh, but I did. Uh, When I saw how wicked and low down and good for nothing rotten I was, I tell you, it broke my heart when I seen how much God loved me. And uh, uh, But he's, he's the king of kings. Now, somebody might say, well, you read that story, preacher. It looked like the devil had the upper hand. Let me say, Jesus was in charge the whole time. He was in charge the whole time, you see. Uh, you remember, Jesus went <clears throat> uh, over there when he was praying to the Father. Uh, he said... Uh, uh, over in the book of John, I think it's chapter 12. Uh, but he said, uh, uh, my heart is heavy. He said, but what shall I say? Father, deliver me from this hour. He said, for this cause came I to this hour. That was the whole purpose. He come to be crucified. He come to die for our sins. He come to pay the debt that we might be saved. You see, that was the whole purpose. You remember Jesus when they was uh, coming up to Jerusalem, I believe it's in John 10 and 18, uh, Jesus said to the disciples, no man taketh it, talking about his life. That's it. Uh, But He said, I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. And when Jesus was on trial before Pilate, and uh, uh, the Jews said, uh, crucify this man. We have a law that says anybody that makes himself... A god needs to be put to death. And that scared Pilate. And he'd come back in and he asked Jesus. He said, where are you from? Where are you from? And Jesus didn't answer him. And Pilate said, don't you answer? He said, don't you know that I have the power to either crucify you or to let you go? And Jesus said, you'd have no power but that which is given from above. In other words, Jesus was saying no. No. You're not in control. I'm in control. Now, don't look like he. Jesus was in control. I mean, to go through all that He went through. But you know what? Think about this. The Bible said in the Old Testament, not a bone of His body would be broken. For Satan to disannoy the whole Bible and the crucifixion, all he had to do was just broke the little finger, Jesus' pinky. That's what He had done. If He broke a bone in Jesus' little finger, that would have disannulled uh, the whole plan of salvation. Uh, that would have disannulled the whole Bible, you see, because it would have proved God untrue, and uh, God would have had to step down from the throne and couldn't be God anymore because He'd have been a liar. Uh, but you see, Jesus was in control and in charge the whole time. And so, my friends, you see, He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Now, let me say, I'm closing. Uh, Pilate spoke these truths, but that's not enough. far as we know, Pilate's in hell right now. There's no biblical record that Pilate ever got saved. Now, maybe he did. And uh, I hope he's in. He- I hope everybody goes to heaven. But the honest truth is, the Bible says, "Broad is the way and wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction, and many be there that go in thereat." Now I'm not very good at math; never was a whole lot. Uh, and then it goes on to say, "But uh, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to destruction, and few be there that find it." Now I'm not real smart in math, but I do know this: many is more than few. So that tells me, my friends, a lot of people is going to turn the plan of salvation down, you see. A lot of people is going to be trusting the wrong thing in order to get them to heaven. But uh, here, Pilate made these declarations, but it's not enough, my friends, to believe it in your head. You've got to believe it in your heart. You see, you've got to trust. Uh, it's a simple, I've said many times, ABC, A, B, C. A, we need knowledge, we're sinners. All of us are. Folks, let me say, if we got what we deserve, every one of us would go to hell. That's what we deserve. We've sinned against God. And we've got so used to sin all around us uh, that we kind of shrug our shoulders and don't think it's too bad. But sin is everything contrary to what God is. And so we deserve to go to hell. And so A, we need to acknowledge that we're a sinner. B, we need to believe that Jesus loved us and died for us. And then C, come to Him in faith and ask Him to forgive us and save us and He will now you say preacher uh, that was a pretty picture but what does it mean what is all okay first of all I find no fault in Him God saying I'm not offering you a flawed Savior I'm offering you a perfect Savior and a perfect salvation my friends listen Uh, some of us won't get to heaven one day and God say, okay, I've changed my mind, you can't get in. No, It's a perfect salvation. Uh, And whosoever will can be a part of it and can be saved. You see, God's not going to one day open the back door of heaven and turn His back and (laughs) let a few of us slip in. No, if we go to heaven, my friends, it's because Jesus died for us. I heard a story one time, and I'm closing. I heard st- I close a lot, but don't quit, do I? Uh But uh, I- I'm going to, I promise you. I-, I heard this story one time. This preacher, uh, and I heard him tell it. Uh, he dreamed one night that he died and went to heaven. And he got up there, and there was an angel with a huge book. And the angel said to him, uh, what's your name? And uh, uh, he told him his name, and he looked in the book, and then the angel looked at him and said, I'm sorry. I can't find your name in the book. And the preacher said, look again, please. My name's got to be there. He said, I've been saved, and I forget the amount of years, but it was like I've been a Christian 55 years, and I've been a preacher 49 years or something like that. And he said, my name's supposed to be there. Will you look again? And the angel looked again, and he said, I'm sorry. I can't find your name in the book. Do you want to argue with God about this? And the preacher said, not particularly, but he said about that time, now this is a dream he was having now. He said two angels appeared on either side of him and touched his arm and picked him up and began to carry him off in the distance toward this light. And he said as he got closer and closer to that light, the intensity got greater and greater. And he said finally I had to look down because I couldn't even look at the source of the light. It was too great. He said they set me down and I heard the most awesome voice I ever heard. said, Mortal, who are you? What are you doing here? He said, I wanted to say, uh, Sir, there's been some kind of mistake. My name's supposed to be in the book. I've been a Christian so many years and a preacher so many And the angel couldn't find it. But he said, I was so awed I couldn't say anything. He said, I heard that voice again. Mortal, who are you? What are you doing here? He said, I knew all hope was gone. I couldn't even speak up for myself. But he said, all of a sudden, I've become aware of another presence beside me. He said, I felt arms slip around my shoulder. And when I looked, there was nail scars in the hand. And he said, I heard the most beautiful voice I ever heard. Say, Father, this one's mine. I died for him. Folks, if we go to heaven. It's because Jesus died for us. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy. He saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing the Holy Ghost. Titus three five. So you see, it's not on our goodness. It's not anything we've done. I'm pretty sure the night I was saved, I went to an altar, got on my knees. I'm pretty sure I probably told God, now God, if you'll save me, I'll do this and this and this and this and this. I probably made God all kinds of promises. But you know what? God didn't save me because of my promises to Him. He saved me because of His promises to me. And I came, and trusted Him, and God saved me. And so we have a perfect Savior. Behold the man. What does that tell us? Uh, well, Jesus understands our heart. You see, He got tired and folded up a coat and made a pillow of it and laid down the back of the boat and went to sleep. You know what that tells me? He understands when I get tired. He understands when you get tired. He understands that, you see. Uh, He was tempted in all points like as we are, so he understands. Yet without sin, but yet he understands. And Behold, your king, he's coming back. Someone said Jesus is not coming back to take sides. He's coming back to take over. He's going to rule and reign, my friends, from Jerusalem it'll be a righteous rule though it'll be sinless it'll be perfect is he your savior is he your king if not this would be a good time just right now wherever you are just bow your head and say Lord forgive me and save me I know I deserve to go to hell but I don't want to I don't know about you I don't either I don't want to go to hell Listen, that sounds like an awful bad place, you see, and there's no air conditioners down there, and it gets pretty warm sometimes there, they say. But I don't want to go, and I'm glad I don't have to. Jesus suffered that for me. Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, for a Savior that loved us so much to endure what He endured, to suffer and bleed and die like He did, to pay the debt that I could be saved, that anyone... That anyone, whosoever will, might be saved, and I pray, Lord, if there's any here this morning don't know you, or maybe listening by way of media, uh, Lord, may they see their need, give their life to you, and trust you as Savior. We pray these things in Christ's name, Amen. As we stand, get a song of invitation. Maybe you have a need. You want to come and pray.